Welcome to the Retirement Oasis, a podcast that helps you enjoy, plan, and visualize a retirement lifestyle defined by you. Your hosts and fiduciary financial planners, Mel Bond and Steve Martin, are here to offer wisdom and encouragement along with financial and lifestyle ideas for your journey into the best season of life. And now at the helm today, your hosts, Mel Bond and Steve Martin. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us here at the Retirement Oasis. This is Mel Bond, and I'm here with the other half of the retirement crew, Steve Martin. Say hello, Steve. Hello, everybody. All right, everybody. Again, thanks for joining us. We're having fun because we've been talking about fulfillment in retirement, and our last podcast was about play and leisure. Leisure, leisure, we couldn't figure out which way to pronounce it, but whatever makes you happy is how you should pronounce that word. So also in this idea of fulfillment, we're going to talk today about connectedness and being connected and what that means. Part of this fulfillment, of course, includes our finances and health, like we, we've talked about last time a little bit. It's all part, it's all connected, right? Your, your life is all connected. Having your finances in place to have freedom in pursuing fulfillment in the way that, that matters to you. Being aware of your health and how your goals and fulfillment uh, can be achieved because of your health situation, whatever that is. And so we've got our, our finances lined up. We've got our, our health accounted for and we're working on that. And now we're also working on fulfillment. And uh, we talked about four activities that are part of that fulfillment. Leisure, we did talk about that in our last podcast. Today, we're going to talk about connections. In the future, we're going to talk about renewal, and we're going to talk about work. So I just want to tell you Uh, if it hasn't been obvious in our last conversation, that retirement is not about withdrawing. Retirement, uh, I think, Steve, you've talked about a a book and with this title, and it's kind of cute. They take the word retire and they put a dash in there and it's retire, like you're putting new tires on your vehicle. And so that means you're not stopping it's not just about stopping some activities, but it's about starting other activities. And that includes staying engaged in life and having a mix of activities and, and things that you do with yourself that provide pleasure, engagement, and meaning. And connections can cover all three of those, pleasure, engagement, and meaning. Absolutely. And you're right. It's it, you're continuing relationships in retirement. You may need to start some new relationships in retirement. Connectedness is so important and maybe the most important. I think the research, much of the research uh, would suggest it is the most important aspect of a fulfillment in retirement and even, of course, pre-retirement as well. And it's, you know, it's not just spending time with family and friends. Those are important to the most important connections. Uh, but it's larger acquaintances. It's it's even strangers. But let's delve into family a little bit more. Family, Mel, obviously is critically important to have strong relationships with family in retirement. Uh, it could be, and you need to think through, you know, different seasons that you are with with family members. So it could be spending time with with parents. You know, if you are responsible, 
or, or should be responsible for helping to take care of them. Think through that as you plan retirement. Think through the geography, the neighbors, the housing situation. It could be more involvement with the kids. But a lot of times it's the kids that you've been there and done that. It shifts to the grandkids, right? And sometimes that's the most important aspect and one of the drivers of retirees and deciding uh, where to retire. It, that should not be underestimated, right, Mel? We've seen that on many clients that kind of revolve their where they live around their their grandkids. Yes, and it's uh, say, plays such an important role. And I'm thinking, how many movies have I seen that involved a person later in life wanting to reconnect with family? It's it makes a it's obviously in our our human being that we want to connect with family uh, later in life. Absolutely. And, and siblings and cousins, you know, we should not uh, discount those relationships. I know in my retirement, I'm looking at that too, figuring out where, where, uh, where my brothers are at, where my cousins are at and uh, potentially living near uh, one or more of them. So um, even if you were maybe had more distant relationships with some of those, uh, doesn't mean that uh, those relationships cannot be strengthened in retirement. You might be able to uh, play a bigger part in, in their lives and vice versa. Yeah, getting closer to them. And in your case, as long as you're also near a soccer stadium. Exactly, exactly. You've got to have uh, have that priority, number one, I think. But friends, uh, friends also maybe not as important uh, as family, but for some people, friends will be the most important connections out there. Some, some of you may not have a big extended family, so you are re- more reliant on friends, and that could give you just as much meaning as family. And even if you do have strong family connections, having friends is critically important because the dynamic is is a little bit different, right, uh, between uh, family and friends. And when we're talking about friends, it's really, you know, talking about true friends, right? It's uh, quality over quantity, I guess, uh, would be the, the expression you want, those friends where you can share secrets and, and just enjoy being around each other, maybe making sacrifices for each other so to be able to have a non-relative uh be able to be able to count on someone like that it can can provide significant fulfillment in retirement and the research says it's critical was what was it pew research center said that uh, retirees are three times more likely to be happy if they have an adequate number of good friends you know the research varies on how many friends you have um, some say, you know, a, a lot. Some say just a few is enough. And again, I think it comes down to the quality rather than the the quantity. I was going to say, too, it's an important consideration, Mel, when you're thinking about moving. You know, do you are you willing to give up those friendships in retirement? We've heard many people say, gosh, I've got X number of friends. I never can leave here. And and that's important. And that's a good understanding of the importance of friendships. And you've probably seen that with with others in your life, Mel, that uh, friendships uh, maybe dictate where you live in retirement. Yeah, well, we talked to a client this week and she said, well, I've lived here for 40 years. I have all my friends here. I don't want to move away from this place. Absolutely. And and one, one note on friends, though, um, sometimes we think we might have more friends than we actually do, or maybe our friends are connected to the workplace. Uh, And that's a word of caution that as you retire, your friends from work may no longer be friends, right? You've got different lives now, 
they're they're busier than you are now more than likely and you may not have as important of connections as you might otherwise thought you had through work so you might need to work at maybe establishing those or continuing those friendships being more proactive and continuing those workplace friendships in retirement or realize that you're going to need to be proactive getting friends outside of work because if you think about it many of us our friends uh, most of them are through the workplace so just a word of caution and thinking about as you transition to retirement who are going to be your friends in retirement yeah and i think that's especially true for someone who maybe might fall in that workaholic category they're spending a lot of time at work and so their friendships at work have a lot of value to them but they're not really spending a lot of time with those work friends outside of work so once they step away from the workplace, those friends aren't going to come with them. On the other hand, uh, I don't know if you remember uh, the lady at that uh, office down in Murfreesboro that we knew for several years. And uh, the other lady working there moved on to another job. And I said, oh, have you seen, you know, so-and-so? And she said, oh, I talk to her every day. We're getting ready to go on vacation together. Now that's a work friend. That That is a true friend outside of work. Indeed. So uh, that's uh, that's how it ought to go there. Well, another part of these connections, we've talked about family and maybe, uh, you know, those some of those uh, family members are really close to you. We've talked about friends, but there's also what you might say uh, acquaintances or uh, groups that you have some connection with. And I, and I might mention, maybe this is a good place to, to talk about this, Steve, as we were preparing for this podcast the idea came up that you've got this inner circle and, and maybe that's, you know, your spouse. Um, and then the next circle out are your best friends and and there's three of those or something, but maybe part of your best friends includes, a, like you say, a cousin or something, or just, you know, one sibling you're maybe better friends with than with the others. But on the far outside of uh, that circle uh, of these layers are strangers, people you haven't met yet. So when you meet a stranger, now they're no longer a stranger. You have a face and a name. And through time, you may find that you have more in common with them. And that stranger may move closer into your inner circle. And that's and, and uh, the opposite path sometimes happens, right? We have friends maybe when we were in high school or when we were younger and as we've gotten older maybe we had to move because of work those friends maybe moved further and further away they'll they'll never be a stranger but they're not as close to you as they once were so this process takes place and so when we're talking about family friends acquaintances groups strangers there's this flowing of people you're connected with that you find that you have some things in common with. So these acquaintances and groups can turn into deeper friendships. And that's a reason to have those types of connections and not just say, well, I've got a couple of good friends and that's all I need. No, having some connection with friends from your high school or college or people you used to work with, uh, people in your church, your, your neighbors, these groups are an efficient way and a convenient way to have connections beyond just that that tight-knit circle. And, and I say convenient because you have a common purpose. 
Maybe it's we're going to church together or I see them walking on the sidewalk and we stop and chat for a few minutes. It might be people you regularly see at the golf course when you go to play or when you go to a uh, sporting event. You know, there's a restaurant in your city where you your university's, uh, you know, athletic supporters go there to watch a football game or basketball game or baseball game. So you've got a, an efficient way to connect with them. That makes me think about if one really wanted to move, say they had some good friends in a, the city they were living in. Gosh, I don't want to give those up, but I really don't want the Midwest cold anymore. I want to move to Arizona. I want to move to, to Florida, North Carolina. So what do they do? Well, if they're open to finding friends through acquaintances and in and, and, and clubs, I guess, if you will, church or or what have you might make that move a little bit easier. Uh, if they're not willing to do that and they don't have friends in that location, it it's going to be tough to have those connections that, that give you fulfillment. Right. And that kind of talks about having a support group. And if you're thinking about a move, these acquaintances and groups can be uh, some support for you when you get there. Uh, another part of your kind of support group or you really could call it life support might be your doctor that you've seen for several years and the people in their office. I know my wife and I've been going to the same sort of general practitioner for a little over 20 years now. We know his, uh, you know, his, uh, the nurse that helps him. She's been there as long as with him, as long as we've been with him. When we call them up, it's like talking to, you know, a good friend. They, they know who we are and what we need. Could be your personal trainer, might be somebody at your local restaurant, the manager perhaps that you see off and on. Could be your financial advisor that you share a lot of uh, very personal uh, information with. Even a, a bank teller, although I don't know how much that might be working in some cities better than others. But this is a network that's practical. It's not necessarily really strengthening psychologically, but it uh, provides you a sense of place, a sense of security, and a feeling of being connected. And that's important when you're shifting into retirement because you might be losing some connections through work, and having these other connections can bring some stability through that, that transition. Absolutely. Yeah. Those, those are a lot of ways to, to find connections, incredibly important. And let's, let's delve into the benefits, Mel. I think we all intuitively know that there are a lot of benefits to having relationships, but um, let's see what some of the experts have, have said. Uh, read that quote from Mitch Anthony. This is always, has always stuck out to me. Uh, he says that longevity does not favor the Lone Ranger. A long life and happiness are tied to the quality of your connections. So don't be a lone ranger in retirement or in pre-retirement. You've got to have those connections. There's evidence to back that up. Dr. John Rady, he's got a docu-series. It's called Broken Brain. He says that, and this is pretty significant statistic, being social is three times more important than if you exercise every day, which is twice as important as taking your prescribed medicine. Do you get that? Medicine's important. Okay. Yeah, re replay that for me. Yeah, yeah, because uh, we we talked about this. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I got I got to get this. So 
I'm going to reverse it and see if I say this right. Exercising every single day is two times more important than taking your prescribed medicine. Mm -hmm. And then being social is three times more important than exercising every day, meaning being social is six times more important than taking prescribed medicine. Did I get that right? You got it. You got it. And your uh, your blue zones, we don't have this in the blog, but I know your study of blue zones yeah. Yeah. reinforces this, right? Absolutely. Yeah. They, they say a sociologist who studied the longest lived people on earth said that if she could count one thing in your life every day, she could tell you how long you were going to live. And that one thing she would count is how many face-to-face interactions do you have with another human? Might be the teller at the bank, might be the clerk at the grocery store that you just look at in the eye and say something to and have a brief exchange with them. And of course, your you know, friends and family, of course, included in that. But being social is that important. And But this process that social is three times more important than exercising every day and that's two times more important than taking prescribed medicine that really brings this social aspect really plays up its importance absolutely might be the most important or that suggest it is you know and also helps downplay the the negative effect of um, other health risk factors uh, like obesity cigarette smoking high blood pressure lack of physical activity. Again, social connections are more important than those other uh, risk factors. You know, but it also has some practical benefits, right? Having relationships have some practical benefits in retirement. And that's just having another body, another person to do some of your activities. Uh, It would, I think, motivate you to, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, play the piano or or do some artwork or, or golf or learn a language if you had somebody else to do it with doesn't mean all of your activities you need to do with somebody else, but uh, having someone else can motivate you and keep you accountable. Uh, and it could, uh, like I said, yeah, pr- provide a second set of eyes and ears to, to serve as that accountability partner. Are you doing what, you know, what you should be doing in retirement? Are we holding to our constitution, if you will, living uh, an epic retirement? Wow, those uh, benefits of being connected are just, I mean, it's going to take a while to really understand that. But with with those kind of benefits, we need to be very thoughtful about getting connected. And uh, that means it's going to take a little effort, perhaps, especially if you call yourself an introvert or have worked in in a career where you weren't that connected with others. You were paid to be an expert and work on your own. We need to be proactive about it. Many of our family connections, of course, occur naturally, but that's not all we need as, as we just learned. So we need to think about how we can add those other layers of connections. When we retire, sometimes we lose those quote work friends. Uh, We talked about that. Uh, Of course, you can't make new friends staying at home. So we need to look for situations where we can get connected to like-minded individuals. And they may not be, you know, it's not like you're looking for an instant best friend, right? Sometimes that doesn't work out very well. You're really finding 
looking for like-minded people you can have some connection with and begin to develop relationships with. And when you're in high school, of course, you've got high school friends. If you've gone to college, you've got college friends. A lot of times when you're, you have young children, you are connected with other adults, parents who also have children about the same age as yours. When you're at work, you have connections there. So our connections for a lot of our life has been out of convenience. But in contrast to that, now that we're heading into this new season, thinking about retirement, we need to make it convenient for us to have connections, if you will, by being in places where we can can connect with like-minded people. So we don't have these automatic relationship generators in our life anymore when we get to retirement. We, we need to get ourselves in places where we can be connected. Of course, some people go so far as to move to retirement communities where they can just be surrounded by others in a similar stage in life. And the idea of connectedness is a big, big draw to making those moves. And some of us uh, can make those moves to retirement communities while still while staying in the city where our family might be or the family members we want to be close to. So there is this uh, interplay of connectedness with uh, other areas of retirement. This connectedness, the, this interplay means we're starting to combine different activities together or think of it this way, I'm doing something and I'm getting more than one benefit out of it. Like I'm working on, we talked about hobbies in the leisure uh, podcast. I can do, maybe you can do your hobby and do it in a group setting. And therefore I have this natural connection with others who are in the same hobby and I'm getting friends, getting connectedness, Perhaps your hobby includes serving others. So you've got volunteer work and some benefit to your community. It might include a a group at church or some spiritual growth while you're connected to humans and you're doing something that you enjoy doing. So that's this idea of the interplay of connectedness. And that can really help you be proactive and deliberate about making new connections. And speaking about being deliberate, you absolutely have to be deliberate in thinking about what relationships are important to you, right? Family, friends, others, and designing that ideal retirement. It may help you make a decision on whether or not to stay in the current city or move. And oftentimes it's a balancing act, especially when you think about family members, right? All of your family may not be in one city. Maybe they're scattered. So you're thinking about, okay, what what stage of life are these other family members in compared to me? Am I going to be able to spend a certain amount of time with them? Will I have to spend too much time, right? You've got to, sometimes you got to set boundaries with family too. It's not all about being with family 24 seven. So you do want to be cognizant of your time and their time. But it is understanding what the important relationships are to you and the stages of that others are in in helping you formulate that ideal retirement for yourself. Uh, There's unhealthy relationships out there as well, right, Mel? Unfortunately, with family members, I mean, it's it's inevitable that I shouldn't say inevitable, but certainly there's 
there's a prevalence of unhealthy relationships out there, whether it's parent, child, sibling, cousins, a variety of different relationships that you might be close to that may not be as healthy. So ideally, you want to resolve that, right? Whether it's forgiveness on on probably both sides. Uh, So rather than take a drastic move, our obviously recommendation is to get help and try to resolve those conflicts. So retirement could be a good event uh, that would trigger you to uh, to resolve some of those conflicts. Um, yeah, and you know, Steve, we it's not all black and white, right? We've got to take good and bad. And so we have some good in a family relationship, but there's some stuff there that needs some work. And the good that's there motivates everyone to try to work on the issues that could be improved. And, you know, unfortunately, some situations, Mel, it, it may not be able to be improved and maybe yeah. are, maybe it is better to do a clean split and maybe it's a good excuse to move to another town far away and start a, start a new life in a more positive uh, environment. Mm-hmm. True. And also think about kind of your, or your ability to make friends will impact whether or not it makes sense to move. So we talked about, okay, if you do want to move away from friends and family, are you going to be able to make those connections in another environment. Some of you will be better than others. Uh, Mel, you mentioned some of that, you know, a retirement community. If that's far away from friends and family, you know, some of those communities are fantastic to establish tight relationships. Um, if you're involved with, a, again, a church or some of those other activities where there's a lot of different members that where you share the same values, especially a little bit easier to potentially make that move and establish some some connections. It's going to take a while to, to develop true friendships, so you have to be patient. But if you're willing to join those groups and if you're maybe a little bit more extroverted or look for ways to, to meet friends, then, then making a move is a little bit more doable than you might otherwise be able to. But one other thing too, Mel, in today's world, it's a little bit more flexible, right, with technology and some of the aspects of how we live make it a little bit easier maybe to move away from from the friends and family. Technology, right? Technology allows us to stay connected unlike, you know, previous generations. You know, we're using Zoom right now, but obviously Zoom or any kind of uh, similar application allows you to stay a little bit more connected. You know, a hug Hugs are important, but but seeing uh, eye to eye, at least on a, a computer screen, can can be helpful too. At the same time, it's not the same thing as a hug, but uh, but technology allows us to stay connected more than they did in previous generations. Yeah, and that technology is easy to do, easier to do with people in the same generation with you, siblings and friends, typically, or generations younger than you, like children, maybe grandchildren. Uh, sometimes the technology can be more difficult when you're trying to connect with a parent who's in their 80s or 90s. Uh, I know my mom is 91, but she doesn't really do Zoom and that kind of thing. But my um, my wife's parents are in their mid 80s and they've embraced this. They've got their big screen uh, phones, you know, big phones and they've got Zoom on there. And so we can set up a time for a birthday or Mother's Day, if we can't be with them face to face, we'll set up a Zoom call where everybody brings their dessert and we're looking at each other and we're eating dessert and talking. So technology, gosh, what a great gift we have in, in technology. 
Absolutely. And, and visiting regularly, you know, with uh, today's transportation modes, you know, much, much easier to travel uh, than it was anyway, 40 or 50 years ago. I know, Mel, you get down to your, your, see your mother in, in uh, LA, lower Alabama, quite a bit, uh, as well as your, your in-laws in Mississippi. So that allows you guys to stay fairly well connected with them as well as siblings down there. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, that can connect with what you're where you live. You know, if, if you have children in three different cities in different parts of the country living close to an airport where you could step on a plane and be near them at the other end of that flight, you know, could motivate you to move to a city that has a, a bigger airport than where you currently live. So uh, that's important for sure. Yeah, those details matter. Um, you know, they can visit you as well, right? And I think it's important to to have that kind of communication as you retire to, you know, encourage certain family members or friends, hey, open door policy, come anytime. I want to continue our relationship or you might be moving uh, and truly let them know if you do want them to to visit you that your door is always open. And, uh, and you may, you know, as a result, want to buy a bigger home, right? Get that guest guest quarters, if you will, that would encourage them. And it'd be obvious that you are open uh, for visitors. So that's something to think about if you do make that move. Yeah. Yeah. And we're seeing more and more, Mel, I know your family did this, uh, common trips with either family members or friends, you know, with Airbnb, big old house, like you guys did. Uh, you know, I'm hearing that more and more family and, and friends are, you know, doing adventure travel together. So just, even if you're not in the city, going on these uh, adventures can really help bond those relationships and, and develop memories for many years to come. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. We, um, I mean, we started it last year motivated by the everybody getting vaccinated, uh, it rented a big house, nine bedrooms. I think we had 23 people there and it's on the calendar for the next odd year, 2023 that we'll find a place uh, we've picked the weekend or the week. We took a whole week that included a long weekend. So uh, yeah, get it on the calendar. Everybody knows when it's coming up. It's every other year we're going to do this big trip. And if everybody, if everybody knows where, when it's coming up, then even the busiest of families can schedule around it to be there. And what a great time we all had uh, hanging out together at the lake for, for a week. Yeah. And sometimes you're more in the moment there because um, you don't take those relationships for granted. Whereas if you're by siblings or parents or kids every day, sometimes we take those for granted and don't uh, don't bond as much as we would otherwise in that kind of setting that you uh, that you talked about. Yeah. Well, so as we've made the point, uh, connections are so important to our lives. And, and I think those connections become more important, more important in retirement, whether it's, you know, your, your close family members or close friends, whether it's uh, a group of people that you see regularly and you just have a couple of things in common with, it's important to have a, a plan in place, a, a schedule, a deliberate way to be intentional about having these different layers of connections, because as we've said, it has a profound impact on your health and your happiness and your fulfillment, and even more so in retirement. Well, connections are just one aspect of retirement. In the next episode, we're going to talk about the third domain of fulfillment, 
and that's renewal. Renewal is a category that's, uh, I don't know, really loaded. We're going to cover a lot of territory there. And it's often overlooked when people talk about retirement and what they're going to do, what retirement looks like for them. But it's obviously important to fulfillment and happiness. So be sure to join us for that. Thanks, y'all, for joining us, the Retirement Oasis. If you'd like more information, please go to theretirementoasis.com, and you can find links to additional resources there that we've talked about in the episode. If you would like to talk with us about your specific retirement needs, then please reach our firm at oasiswealthplanning.com to schedule a call with uh, Steve and I. And we are fiduciary professionals. We do put our clients' best interest ahead of our own and don't get paid by anyone but our clients. And if you like what you heard here, visit your favorite podcast platform. Give us a rating and a review. We really appreciate it to help us uh, share with others some of the wisdom and fun that we have here at the Retirement Oasis. So until next time, we wish you clarity, confidence, and cheer on the way to your retirement oasis. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Retirement Oasis podcast. You can find more episodes and resources at theretirementoasis.com. Steve Martin and Mel Bond are certified financial planning practitioners at Oasis Wealth Planning Advisors, a registered investment advisory firm headquartered in Nashville with meeting locations throughout the Southeast, including Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. The opinions given are for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as personalized investment, financial planning, or tax advice. Consult your own professionals for recommendations specific to your situation. Investments involve risk. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. On behalf of the crew at the Retirement Oasis, we thank you for listening. 